Tennessee Titans talk and my favorite time of the year, the NFL draft. We've got a few weeks, right, Liam? Two weeks and a day as of recording. Precisely. I don't do a lot of productive stuff at work. Um, when it's two weeks before the draft, it's, uh, I hope no one checks on me, but I have been watching a lot of YouTube of these kids that I have previously never watched. I haven't caught a lot of, you know, uh, North Dakota State uh, games, to be honest with you, but I've caught a lot lately. All right, guys, so it's going to be another unique show. Uh, We're going to talk as much Titans. John cannot be with us, contractually forbidden, to uh, really talk about the Titans without him. Brought our friend uh, Michael Burgett back with us. He's always great this time of year. Uh, always has great takes. He's the he's the Stephen A. of Tennessee Titans talk. Uh, and <laughs> Brandon is with us. And uh, I want to give some takes, and I want to see uh, what these guys think. So everybody's talking about these quarterbacks and what uh, the 49ers are going to do at three. They have us scrambling around, and it makes uh, for a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been wearing out YouTube, and uh, I have really spent a lot of time lately with these quarterbacks. Uh, now, the presumption is that they're going to pick Mac Jones. Uh, 49ers, of course, essentially have traded three first-round picks for the right to pick whoever they're going to at three. It seemed like the word was Mac Jones from Alabama. Now they've backed off on that a little bit. Watched a lot of Trey Lance. Watched a lot uh, more of Mac Jones and a lot more of Justin Fields. For my money, guys, we'll start here. Justin Fields is the second-best quarterback in this draft. And here's why. I watched a lot, a lot of his tape. Basically, every snap from last season, he was better in the beginnings of the season. And I don't think it's just the competition. I think he was hurt. I mean, clearly he was hurt in that last game. Uh, He just looked tight towards the end. Uh, Zach Wilson is good, and I've watched almost every play that, that he threw in college. And I like Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson is really accurate, and he's smart. But it is that classic cliche of kind of like, fatigue of a player and Justin Fields has been in our lives for a while he's a five-star guy we all remember you know him committing to Penn State and then winding up in Georgia and then transferring to to Ohio State but for me he doesn't have a weakness he has the size he's big he's got an excellent frame he's a smart kid he has started about 30 or so games in college he has the experience played at a high level the ball really comes out of his hand I mean he has really good velocity on his fastball he's got good touch he makes progressions he throws the deep ball as well as Zach Wilson which Wilson does a really good job at but I think he was asked to do more for Ohio State yes Ohio State is a blue blood and we all know that these guys it's tough to evaluate these guys but I felt like Ohio State's interior offensive line was a little overrated last year. He was on the run quite a bit. He was flushed out of the pocket uh, from the interior a lot. The guy, he's got a good fastball. He's got good accuracy deep. He's tough as nails. And he's a very good athlete. He's got prototypical size. So he and Zach Wilson measure up as far as what they do well, pretty well, except he's a better athlete. He's bigger. He played better competition. So Is it prospect fatigue? Because if you go back and you watch every throw, Justin Fields is the second best prospect in this draft. I would agree it's, one, it's prospect fatigue, like you said. Two, he's in the same draft class as Trevor Lawrence, the same recruiting class. And when you're with the guy who's touted as the best since Andrew Luck, the best since Manning, the best since Elway, you'll just naturally look less impressive, especially when you don't have the tantalizing mystery upside of Trey Lance. My main thing with him was, you say he makes his progressions. I do agree with that. He might be the most experienced in this draft class at 
going through his progressions, making his reads, making the right decision. I just thought he was slow at making those decisions. Not that he has a slow mind, but he was just slow committing to a decision. And that really scares me in the NFL because just the windows become so much tighter. And even though he was a better quarterback than the past guys at Ohio State, who benefited from just an overwhelming talent advantage. The scales are going to be a lot more balanced at the NFL level. Justin Fields, I think I would have him in a tie with Zach Wilson for QB3 if you put a gun to my head, just behind Trey Lance at QB2. To me, it's just the processing speed, the decision-making, I want it to be a bit snappier. And that's something that can be coached. It's just I'm not comfortable making that assumption. Michael, where does Justin Fields fall out for you? Well, for me, I would say that he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. Uh, I, I am not one that buys into Zach Wilson. I feel like he is kind of in the Mitchell Trubisky mold for me of just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Everyone comes enthralled with him. He really didn't have a spotlight game last year, except for coastal Carolina. Yeah. And he really didn't show up in that game. Well, he didn't finish it. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't win the game for them. Yeah. I I think that's well said. That right. was his competition. That was his chance. I feel like with Justin Fields, he has the makeup. He has the skill set. Are there things that he needs to work on? Sure. But overall, I feel like that all the upsides that go with him are better than, say, Zach or Trey or even Mac. All of those three guys have some questions as to are you really going to pick them in the top three or top right. five because of some major thing, whether it be Zach not having the, the skill, I don't think the, the frame the, or I think the big thing for Zach Wilson is his frame and the level of competition we saw him in right. and the offense. But, I mean, if you watch him, if you watch the last two seasons, he really made one of four throws. I mean, yeah, he was accurate on that stuff, but I'd say level of competition and just like, he's just a little bit bigger than Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think he's kind of got that frame. He's not big. Yeah, I mean, with Baker, I feel like he he was one that played up to competition. I don't feel like Zach has really done that. And then with Trey Lance, you're looking at a guy who could be another Carson Wentz. And depending on how you feel about Carson Wentz can get into your mindset of whether you want to pick him or not. And then with Mac Jones, it's can he make the plays outside the pocket and can he make the throws when it when they're not Alabama open. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. Uh, and we're going to talk about all three of these guys. But that was the point I was making, Michael, is Justin Fields doesn't have that one question, really. I mean, when you think about it, he has he hits every box to some degree, right? There's not, well, he's not big enough, or he didn't play competition. But we've overlooked him. It's reminiscent, I think, to Deshaun Watson in 2017. You know, it's not like he's going to for sure be a star, but he hits every mark way more than the other guys. We're throwing out Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is kind of spoken for, right? Question there is, I if the Jets really have so much to build around, they they should t- take fields, in my opinion, just because I think he have a higher likelihood to survive. And, yeah, there's Malachi Becton there, but there's not a lot else there in New York. I know Corey Davis is going to make them, you know, a bit better and a bit tougher, but um, I really think Justin Fields is – and this is my next take, and I want to see what you think. To me, the best comp and coming out comp, like this person in college, you know, the best comp for Justin Fields is Ben Roethlisberger from his size, uh, how athletic he is, and what he was asked to do in college. Because, yes, he played for uh, Ohio State, but, you know, Olave and those guys, they're not 
going to be pro bowlers. I mean, they were solid at every position. They were the second best team uh, in the country, but felt like Fields had to carry them on offense. So I'm going to take the cheap way out. I've seen this all over the internet as a comp from. It makes a lot of sense. Play style, build, Dak Prescott. To me, okay. I think he's a better athlete than Prescott. I would say that Prescott is a better decision maker as far as speed of decision making at the moment. Arm talent, I would give the edge to Justin Fields. Dak Prescott, we've seen what he can do. Yeah, his stats are, he's had a lot of surrounding talent. But Dak Prescott, before he snapped his ankle this year, a perennial top 10, pushing top five quarterback. And I see those same traits, that same play style, that same physical toughness in Justin Fields. No, that's a good one. I would say somebody, now I'm going to mention a name, and it's going to be somebody that's, you know, injured and not had the career that he should have but rg3 i feel like with with fields he has the mobility that rg3 had he has the arm he has the explosive abilities and kyle shanahan knows what it's like to have a quarterback like that because he had rg3 when he was the offensive coordinator in washington that comparison there does make sense because rg3 was a stud in college at baylor i mean he won the Heisman Trophy so he has that capability in him and if he had not gotten injured he could have been that guy that you know we see in comparison with Patrick Mahomes as that kind of prototypical elite quarterback so I feel like Fields has that in him and I think in the right system it could be flourished even more so when I watch Fields I think of Kyle Shanahan's offense and I think of how outstanding he could be in it and I wonder if this isn't all an elaborate smokescreen. And I think a lot of people trying to, like you said earlier, Mike, just wrapping their head around Mac Jones as the third overall pick. Not only that, somebody that they trade three first-round picks for. It could happen. I mean, you watch his tape, Mac Jones, and, I mean, he has his moments. Uh, to me, it seems like more Fields fits that mold of what they would be looking for, like you said, what what he's sought in the past. So I would think it'd be three for sure, but I don't know. I mean, uh, there are a lot of people that are just uh, absolutely sold that it's going to be Mac Jones makes it super interesting. Let's just go to Trey Lance. Uh, A lot of people don't know a lot about Trey Lance. If if you watch his tape, it's from a year and a half ago, unless you watch him play Central Arkansas, which he did not look terrific in that. Uh, What people need to understand about Trey Lance is he's from Minnesota. The Big Ten schools wanted him, but they wanted him to play safety. And you see why. Because when he runs, uh, he runs hard and angry. And he hits people. I mean, the guy runs like Eddie George. I mean, he runs straight up and hard. I was telling Landon before the show, I really think, and this is high praise, uh, as an NFL quarterback, he is going to be on the athletic level of Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. He really is that kind of runner and athlete. He's unreal. He has not faced hardly any competition. He's extremely raw. For me, Trey Lance, I just wouldn't have the nerve to take him in the top 10. He could go to San Francisco and legitimately, like we've seen just a few guys do, sit for a year or two, but he has a lot to learn, but he is all tools. He's big, he's strong, he's super, I mean, super athletic. But when you watch him, he's probably the least accurate down the field on the deep ball, connected on so few passes landing that it little, it worries me a lot that, yeah, he's a good athlete. And yeah, I mean, he has a really live arm and he's tough. And um, I like him on the short stuff, but I just don't think he has any, accuracy on the deep ball i said the same thing about josh allen and i mean it just wasn't good um and obviously to this point you know people 
are in love with him. We'll see. I mean, obviously he's he's looked good. But I really think Trey Lance is the biggest risk at quarterback in this class. I see the upside and I see what he could be with a really good guy like a Shanahan. But for me, Trey Lance is the scariest prospect in this draft. I would agree. You take the positional value, the projected range he's going to go. I wouldn't even go far as to say that in the five years I've been covering the draft, he's the riskiest player and quarterback I've scouted just because, one, he started 17 games. He has 300 passing attempts in college, which is a laughably small amount. He threw 23 passes, which for every other top quarterback, can, that can be a single half. He threw 23 passes in a game four times out of 17 games. He's just completely raw, like you said, small school, low recruiting volume as a quarterback, pretty much zero experience, zero coaching. Even if you go look at other small school prospects like Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, they had two, three years, a lot of attempts, much higher sample size. And with Trey Lance, the selling point is all of his flaws are mental. It's just fix the accuracy, fix some mechanics, get the right decision making because North Dakota State, they asked him to do a lot. He knows how to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage, knows how to change the offensive line, knows how to call plays, takes a lot of snaps from under center. It's just one year is nothing at Division II at the FCS level. So he has to sit a year at minimum. He's got a lot of rawness to his ability. As soon as he enters the league, he'll be the second or third best running quarterback behind Lamar and maybe Cam Newton just because they asked him to run almost as much as they asked him to pass. And you mentioned how oh, ferocious he is as a runner. He's a better athlete than Justin Fields. Oh, he's, yeah. He's the best athlete. He's one of the best athletes coming out, regardless of position. The guy's unreal. Watch his tape. But they passed about a third of the time. And he's never played anybody better than James Madison. I mean, it's just crazy how raw he is. But, no, no, the guy is unreal. And I, w- and I would say with just how great of running ability he has, I think that can somewhat give him a higher floor than we might think, like we saw with Cam Newton last year, even though he was atrocious passing, just being able to use him as another running back, essentially as an extension of your running game, just opens up a lot of options, make your, makes your quarterback play a bit better. I do like his mechanics, might need to fine tune and make him go a bit faster. I think that's an experience thing more than indictment on just are his mechanics just maxed out. He requires more help than anyone else in this draft class, at least early on. But just the upside, I would say, He's got the highest upside in this draft just because you see what Baltimore did with Lamar. When you have a quarterback where you le- a defense legitimately can't cover him no matter what they do, that just makes your offense almost unstoppable. Michael, Landon alludes to, I think Trey Lance is going to be as contingent on any prospect uh, in a while of where he goes and how they handle him. He reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick coming out of Nevada. you got to catch that in a bottle, but if you are really running the offensive round around him, you could see where that could happen because the guy is quite an athlete, but they're going to have to spend some time with him, and there's just a lot of unknown, uh, like we've said over and over. I mean, there's just – at least like Jordan Love last year from Utah State, at least like they played LSU and he played, you know, two and a half years. And, uh, you know, just because of the weirdness of last year, like – I've never known us having so little on the guys. Like he played another sport. Yeah, well, here's a stat for you. And since 2006, there have been six quarterbacks that have been drafted that have had fewer than 20 college starts that were taken in the first round. Mitchell Trubisky, mm, Cam Newton, Dwayne Haskins, Mark Sanchez, 
Kyler Murray and Ryan Tannehill. So you look, you look at that list there and what's one thing that all those other ones have in common was they were all power five. They were all playing against teams with tougher competition. Now that's not to say that Trey Lance can't become that quarterback. It's just, you have such a small sample size plus the competition that he played in. And the fact, again, with the COVID year that we had, he only played one game in the fall. And so basically everything is going to come down to tape from a year ago and his pro day for these teams to decide, is it worth the risk? Especially if you're drafting him high. Now, if you're drafting him mid first round or lower, then it's, then it's not as much of a risk, but if you're looking at, but if you're looking at him as a top 10, yeah, top five absolutely. pick, that is really taking an awful risk. And you really have to know what you're getting into and what you're going to potentially put around him in order to make him succeed because you are going to make him the franchise quarterback, especially right. if you're drafting him that high. Right. Like what Baltimore did, even picking Lamar at 32, they immediately kind of built the team around him. And that's what it would take. And not all – of the teams kind of um, in this window or kind of have a reputation for doing that. I would feel better for him about San Francisco even. I don't think he's going to go there, but I'd feel better because you can see the competence there. But, yeah, I mean, he it's scary to think about because he's so raw, and I, I want to see more from him. Watching the tape, I just see more for Fields. I just couldn't – I can't understand how – I mean, I get how Lance is a prospect and there's potential there, the high floor Landon mentions, but I cannot in a million years see how uh, Fields would go after Lance. I just uh, – and I'm not usually always big on these blue-blooded guys, five stars, and play it like Clemson or Alistair or Alabama, but, you know, I see the questions about Fields, but not after Lance. No way. It's going to be super interesting to see how this develops and worry because it's so contingent on where he goes. He's 20 years old, and he's a good kid, seems like, and, you know, works hard and everything. But in interviews, he answers questions like a 20-year-old kid. I mean, he's about to be thrust in, like Michael said, you know, given the keys to an NFL franchise. And he's awfully young and awfully inexperienced. So uh, I know, Landon, you're high on him because of the physical tools. I love that, but uh, what a what a risk. Um, kind of the inverse is Mac Jones, uh, Mac Jones, this guy's uh, like we said, been talked about a lot for, uh, for the third overall pick. We saw t two years ago, the giants fall in love with, uh, Daniel Jones in a similar way. It's interesting, uh, Landon, if you watch one game, boy, it looks really good. Uh, and, and another thing they don't ask him to do as much. Sometimes his arm looks really strong and sometimes, you know, consistently guys had to come back to the ball. Landon, he hasn't started a ton of games, uh, less than a season and a half, you know, but he had amazing stats against an all-SEC schedule last year. I, I don't see it at three, but I do like him as a prospect just further down the line. I don't know that he's necessarily a game manager, but he's not in the league of uh, Lawrence or even Fields. The great star, of course, at Alabama was Devontae Smith. Anytime you watch anybody the last two years – and you're trying to scout guys. Devontae Smith just jumps out. At the end of last year, Steve Sarkeesian, who really when you watch the play calling in Alabama the last two years, it's amazing someone didn't offer him an NFL job. Maybe they did. And, of course, he's the head coach of Texas, which is just, a, just one of the great revered jobs in the country, right? Towards the end, 
Landon, they were just finding ways to get Devonta Smith open, and they were so brilliant at that. Matt Jones just basically had to put it right there, so it took a lot of smarts or whatever, but he really managed that game. All they did was do really neat, really cool formations to get Devontae Smith open. I mean, even Waddle towards the end, he, he's their deep threat, although he's not huge. That all kind of went away. It was all about scheming Smith open. He was that dominant because with the ball in his hands, I mean, in some space, he was always so dangerous. And then, you know, you watch the first game, Missouri, they stretched the field. I just think they're so smart. They were a different team on offense every week, and they knew people's weaknesses so well, they just attacked them. And when they asked Mac Jones to do that, he typically did. But um, at times against, for instance, Texas A&M, a good physical front seven, uh, he really struggled. He was a different quarterback, lots are, against pressure. Ultimately, my take is Mac Jones is not a like a top ten type guy. He's just not that for me. I would take him at the end of the first round. I know that seems bold. I would like to have seen him come back and play another year at Alabama. I know that's a big risk. But guys like him that have turned out to be good have 30 or 40 starts in college. I just can't trust just what they didn't ask him to do. He doesn't have the arm. Yes, he has a good arm, not a great arm. Yes, he's accurate, but he's not as accurate as I saw Zach Wilson or even Justin Fields. Uh, He doesn't blow me away physically. He doesn't have one good thing. I just don't see him at number three. I would agree with that, too, and we've already talked about Fields and Lance. You know how I feel about them. Mac Jones at three leaking just seems so odd because yes, they trade up. It seems like a done deal. Wilson is going at two, so it doesn't really matter if it leaks that the 49ers like Mac Jones at the same time. Why would you why would you leak it or let it leak unless it's just some rogue actor doing it? You never want to you never want to introduce an unknown variable into your offseason plan. You traded two firsts. And if you think Mac Jones is the guy, the player that you move on from Jimmy Garoppolo for, you trade your draft future for a team that is Super Bowl talented enough, you trade all that for a guy and you're going to let it leak out, I just don't understand. I think his floor will be 19 or 20 to Chicago or Washington. And I would describe, I I do think he has pretty good touch. I would dare say elite touch on his throws. I know it's not always accurate. Like you said, it wasn't like Burrow last year where just every throw is in the breadbasket. Just the touch he puts on throws, guys are constantly making over the shoulder, dropping into their hands. Just perfect, easy catches. Yeah, it's Alabama. Devontae Smith had the best wide receiver season ever. They lost Jalen Waddle. Boohoo, just introduced another five-star into your starting lineup. But their offense was as good or better than the offense was last year with Tua, and that was without two first-round receivers compared to 20. Michael, are you, are you on board with uh, Mac Jones? At number three, does it concern you that he has the same name as the uh, kid from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? And, I mean, if he doesn't go third, do you uh, – where do you see him going? I am not on the Mac Jones to number three train. I no, just – I, I feel like that that is going way too high, and especially That's San nuts. Francisco giving way too much for him at three. Yeah. And, and I'm not – and I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback because right. – played at Alabama he put up the stats and everything I mean he put in the work he sat behind Hertz and to uh to to get his shot and he produced when he got his shot but he he doesn't seem like to me a quarterback that is a top five or top three quarterback so I, I I think that if San Francisco really wanted him 
they could have just stayed pat and they could have picked him where they were instead of having to trade up. Now, if I'm looking at a team that would make the most sense and be a good fit for him, I would say New England. I think that him and Belichick, uh, Belichick would see a guy like him and see almost a comp to Brady in just the style and the look and everything. And he would be that kind of guy that could come in and run the system that Belichick wants to run. So if I'm looking at a team that would make sense for Mac Jones and where he would be picked at and everything, I would say it's with New England. Yeah, and you see that a lot. And I, I don't know, it seems like New England wants to go for like a more athletic guy. And obviously they're still intrigued with Cam Newton and, and you see – uh, you see all that. Uh, yeah, he's going to find his place because, like you said, and we've said, I mean, he played well. And uh, I just don't I just don't get him as a first-round pick, really, uh, just because he doesn't have that one attribute. Um, Landon, who was the last quarterback besides Deshaun Watson that played for – right now the dominant teams are Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama, and 10 and 15 years ago it was Texas and USC. Name a guy that was a quarterback for one of those teams, not Deshaun Watson – that became a very, very good NFL quarterback. We can pretty much start Alabama and Ohio State out the door because up until maybe Tua and Jalen Hurts and now Justin Fields, they just haven't had anyone going to the NFL. That's the thing. That's my point. And, Michael, you can chime in here. Um, even if you go back to Vince Young, I mean, it didn't sustain it. And Matt Leinert, um, you know, how far back do we have to go to find the quarterback on a absolute dominant team that turned out to be these guys come from other places or they're overlooked and or they played against those great teams like Aaron Rodgers got a Cal team you can go watch on YouTube 2004 they play a just loaded USC team and it's Marshawn Lentz and Aaron Rodgers and 10 just guys you know I mean they played hard and played well but it's just guys you never ever saw ever again and they had Cal as a top 10 team and Aaron Rodgers it I mean, he only did what they he could do. He couldn't go deep uh, against them, but he completed like 18 straight passes against them just that smart. And, of course, they came up short, but that's the kind of guys that make it. And they stick around for their senior year a lot, and they have 30 or 40 starts, and they play big-time competition. And the, that's where historically our NFL big-time starters have come from. So, Michael, who is that guy, and is that telling to you? Does that make – that makes me doubt a Mac Jones, and maybe that's not fair. But, like, you know, besides Deshaun Watson, who is that guy? And Deshaun Watson, who is a lot of people just kind of overlooked, that's the irony, is, you know, he didn't go until the 12th pick. Uh, Well, if you're talking about Blue Bloods and, you know, the elite teams, the only one that can really come off the top of my head is Carson Palmer. Uh, when he was at USC, I mean, he, he led them to a national championship. He then went to the NFL and had a oh, yeah, good, good career. I'm thinking of like in the last 20 years or so. Um, yeah, that's a it, good one, but I it, think that's the last one. And if any of these guys are as good as Carson Palmer, that would be a good career. I mean, people overlook him, but I mean, guys really. Yeah, I mean, the really, a lot of the teams now, college teams, it's not necessarily – their dominance at quarterback uh, a lot of it is the 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 other position players and the oh, yeah, defense no and so there wasn't necessarily the the quarterback being the guy whereas on some of the mid-level teams those are the ones where they needed that 
elite quarterback to step up and basically will them to wins. Whereas the blue bloods for the most part, it didn't until I think in the last couple of years where you're starting to see uh, the blue bloods starting to recruit those guys and keep kind of keeping them in house so that they don't get away to these other schools. Right. Uh, that's a good point. People love comp. So Zach Wilson, mine for Trey Lance is Colin Kaepernick, uh, just super athletic and a bit of a project as a passer, but potential there. Uh, my comp for Zach Wilson is a little bit taller, uh, Baker Mayfield. I think he's got the same bravado. If people are listening, trying to trying to imagine how these guys, you know, could turn out in the NFL. As I watched a lot of tape on all these guys, that's who that's who turned out for me. Uh, Landon, you first. I mean, what's your comps for these two guys? I would say Lance is uh, slightly smaller Cam Newton, just because I think he's going to be an elite rushing quarterback. Assume he becomes a starter. He's never going to become one of the 10 or 15 best passers as far as accuracy, touch, but just as an overall offensive weapon, like of just a physical marvel at quarterback, he has a lot of the same abilities that Cam Noon had. Even though he's a lot raw and he never had a season that could sniff Cam Noon's 2010 run, then Zach Wilson is a lot hard because he really only had one year. He's small. His arm's pretty good, but I wouldn't say it's outstanding. And he also likes to run, and he thinks he's bigger than he is. Yeah, that. Yeah, speaking of his running, yeah, I thought that a lot. That's fine against Louisiana Tech, but that's going to be – no. Uh-uh. Absolutely not. He doesn't have the frame for that. I've seen the Baker Mayfield comp, but he's – but to me, Wilson is a lot more mobile. I do I do think hmm. their arms are comparable to this. Wilson's a lot more mobile. He doesn't really play the same. I think they play a lot uh, of the same, but, um, you know, because they play sort of in systems – and I mean, there's a lot to like about Wilson, especially his accuracy down the field. Uh, I, I, for his sake, I wish he, I hope he puts on a little weight to play in New York. Well, I'll just do this because it's a play style comp and I'm just blanking, but just Wilson, just how aggressive and carefree he is. He reminds me a bit of Mariota. I know like Mariota, okay. far, far, far superior athlete, rusher. I would argue better touch, but just, they just care so much. They play so hard, but their bodies just aren't built to do what they try to do, what they want to do. So I'll say Marcus Mariota. Michael, you do a good job with these out-of-the-box comps. So when you've watched tape on Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, who who comes to mind? Well, for <laughs> yeah, I go out-of-the-box because I just go more of just the feel and kind of the comparison of who they are and and, and where they come from. Uh, for me, I'm, I compare Lance to Carson Wentz uh, because they both – went to North Dakota state. They both Mm -hmm. uh, competed at a high level there. Uh, The difference is, is Lance is probably a little bit more athletic uh, than Carson Wentz. uh, But Carson had more experience. Uh, So like you go back and forth between those two. And I mentioned it earlier. I said, you know, if you're looking at drafting Trey Lance, you kind of look at it as you're drafting Carson Wentz. And there's a lot of upside and potential, but there's also the risks involved as well. And then with Zach Wilson, I already mentioned the comp that I thought of, and that's Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. of the fact of yeah. that that one year, that one bump that they had, and kind of everybody fell in love with them. Uh, you would think that, given how Trubisky kind of flamed out in Chicago, that people would kind of be a little more wary. Uh, of a guy like Wilson. But again, you see the stats and you see how he looks on a field and on a pro day. And 
people start to fall in love with that. And all it takes is one team. You know, we always say that every draft year, all it takes is one team to, to like a guy mm-hmm. and that's where they're going to go. And so I feel like with New York, they fell in love with Zach Wilson and, you know, no matter what, they're going to pick him at number two. Yeah, Fields is ideal for them, and that's why they're not going to do it. Now, you mentioned Trubisky. My only thing is Zach Wilson, he started nearly three seasons uh, in college. I, I saw Trubisky coming a mile away, uh, 14 starts, didn't see the accuracy, but um, you know people were telling us that he was an athlete. But I see the shades of what you're saying because, you know, it all looks fine and good until you got to really get down and dirty. I, I didn't see it. But at least Wilson has some uh, experience and he battled injuries and came back and looked good this year. But uh, Wilson, I would take yes potential. I don't like his frame. So, uh, to me, uh, he's not in Fields' tier, but it looks like, you know, the Jets are the Jets. They're going to, like you said, they're going to fall in with the guy and go with it. Um, Fields is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I would be really surprised if he isn't. If San Francisco does go another way, I I really think Atlanta is just going to take the quarterback. I really do. I just think they'll take him and keep him um, and keep him, you know, where he's from. And people aren't really talking a lot about that. I I think that – I think Fields will still go forth. And people are talking about him dropping and going here and there. But these people must not have the same YouTube I have because, I mean, the guy is just a good, solid prospect. None of these guys – or for sure, but I mean, he has every attribute, including the experience. So I, I don't know what everyone else is missing or, or what I'm missing. Before we wrap up, guys, uh, Devonta Smith is so interesting because, like I said earlier, if you watch any film of Alabama the last two years, it's, I mean, he just shows up. He and Steve Sarkeesian really are, they stand out. Just the play calling, uh, man, unbelievable how well coached they were, especially coming with all, there were so many confused teams, understandably. They were just ready to go from the beginning. They had a different – they were a different team on offense every week. Uh, man, just I cannot say enough how Sarkeesian is on the level of a Shanahan or a McVay. I mean, he really is. And if he does well in Texas, I mean, he's going to have his pick um, of a really good NFL job. I mean, that's just where it's all going. And Sarkeesian is that kind of talent. I know, Michael, you followed the uh, University of Washington over the years, so I know he had his issues there. But I'm sure you probably agree Sarkeesian is – you know, one of the great offensive minds in in the game of football, just period. Outside of that, it, that did make me think, I hope wherever Devontae Smith goes, and that's going to be a giant question uh, because of his size, uh, I hope that they can scheme him up because it wasn't just as Devontae Smith beating guys. Uh, they did use him in a, just a myriad of ways. So if he goes to some bum team that does vanilla stuff, um, you know, people are going to say, oh, he was too small, this or that. But if he happens to find himself on one of a handful of teams that really know how to bring out the best in a guy, uh, watch out. Uh, But he's the big question because, Michael, a guy with his size, uh, with his height and weight has not been drafted. I mean, not drafted in the first round, Michael, drafted uh, since, uh, what, uh, 2001? So when you bring that into it and you watch him on film, the guy is tiny. Um, people say Marvin Harrison and all that, and that's probably, you know, you know, a a decent comp, but he's smaller than Marvin Harrison. But when you watch him, the guy, once he gets the ball, he's incredible. How do you think he translates to the NFL? And, you know, where do you see him going, uh, draft night? Well, the thing is, is we're seeing the shift. I mean, well, the shift has already taken place in with offenses in the NFL and it's high octane down the field full throttle and he kind of fits that mold of you know wanting to really 
get down the field, make plays, get things going. And I think a lot of teams would be definitely intrigued by him uh, because he has the production. He has the ability. Yeah. Not necessarily the size, but again, I think at this point it's not so much size uh, I think is his abilities and I think, and his availability, uh, you know, he was pretty healthy and, oh, yeah, you know, and, very. And, and, and when Waddle got hurt, he stepped up and Absolutely. became the elite receiver for Alabama. And so I think that a lot of teams will notice that and take point of that. Now the question is, and you asked it, where do we see him go? And a lot of that is going to be dependent upon where the quarterbacks are taken and then who else is left, especially when you're looking at Jamar Chase from LSU and Kyle Pitts. I feel like those two guys are the mm-hmm. top two receivers because I'm I'm putting Pitts in there as a receiver because essentially, yeah. essentially he is one. Uh, where they go, I think that next team is the team that picks Devontae Smith. That could be a Miami. Right. That could be a Carolina. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be a Detroit. It could be one of those teams that really needs a receiver to kind of bolster their offense. And so I think a, a guy like Smith, he gets on a team, especially if he if he ends up in Miami with Tua throwing the ball to him uh, and just that dynamic down there that they're developing as a team. Right. I think that would be a good fit for him down there. I do too. I kind of see 12. I don't know that he'll go earlier than that. A lot of people think that he will. I just think because of his size, I think teams aren't going to really have the nerve to do it. And I think Detroit, if they go receiver, they're going to go chase. Think about chases. Yeah, he's fine and good. He has shades of kind of like uh, Beckham. But, you know, he's not huge. There's no there's no Megatron in this draft. I mean, I like my top ten guy to be 6'4 and uh, still run, you know, under 4'5 and have a lot of productivity, uh, playing against really good competition. Uh, and people kind of talk up to Chase. Yeah, he was really productive playing and receiving passes from the guy who had the best season in college football history. I mean, Jamar Chase is good, but, you know, none of these guys are just – just tremendous physically. I mean, I mean, he's well built and everything chases, but at some point for me, I could be totally wrong. Uh, like you said, the game is changing a bit, but I see Devonta Smith going at starting at 12 in Miami, but you never know. Cause he is small, but you can just, like you said, you can sort of close your eyes and imagine how that would look. Cause we've seen that, you know, I think it starts at 12. Uh, people don't think this, I think there is, I think you'll get picked in the teens. There is a chance we could see him at 22, Landon. I don't care what anybody says. Just because precedent is still precedent. A guy that size has not gone in the first. Um, but, you know, Michael's talking about fit. I really honestly think. Now, let's assume, and this is maybe we shouldn't, that, um, you know, Arthur Smith did a really good job in the last of putting our specific players in really good position, especially our stars. But let's say we have something close to that this year. Um, maybe we won't. From a from a play calling standpoint, Landon, uh, he we would be ideal for him. I imagine him on the other side of uh, AJ Brown and with uh, Tannehill and how just how absolutely good Tannehill looked last year. He was even better than he was the year before. You just look it up. Just look at all the advanced metrics and everything. People think this is a pipe dream, but um, there is some possibility we see him at twenty two, Landon. The am I wrong that the fit would be absolutely ideal, all things equal? Is it a pipe dream that we even have a 5% chance of seeing him at 22? I would agree that the fit 
is ideal, but I'm really high in Devontae Smith. Overall, my fourth ranked prospect, my number two receiver, I, he's truly a universal fit for any offense. Even if you had the most numbskulled offensive coordinator in the world, a guy with great hands, great acceleration, great route running, great competitiveness, plays like he's 6'5", even though he's 6'1", 170. If you can't figure out how to make him good, you're just bad. He fits with anyone. He can do literally anything you ask of a receiver. He does it at a high level. He has high character. Like Nick Saban, I think he's one of the only players to ever be a two-time captain. He just an absolute leader in the locker room, great competitiveness. I do think it's a pipe dream that he's there at 22 just because, especially the teams that are picking the six or seven picks ahead of us could all use a receiver. New England, Arizona, Chicago, Washington, Indianapolis, and I agree that his size concerns will turn off some teams that subscribe to the belief that you have to meet certain thresholds to be good. But to me, I just look at the tape. If th- My only question is, he's small, and he, even if he plays like he's big, I don't. I would just look over the weight. So I do think at 22 is a pipe dream, but there is the opportunity there for us to trade one of our third rounders. Remember, we're at, we have two this year because we lost Jack Conklin. Last. There, will, there can be the opportunity for yeah. us to trade a third, like if he gets, Smith. if he makes it to fifteen or sixteen, uh, will you trade one of those thirds and maybe, maybe make it happen? Yeah, and then that's and that's an absolute steal because Devonte Smith had the best wide receiver season in the twentieth century, one of the best wide receiver prospects I've seen. Literally, the only thing is, he's not big. And I understand at Alabama, if you're not big at Alabama, you can't get big in the NFL. But that guy's no gonna, one, not going to get much bigger. He just, it's just not. He's just not. Yeah, but no, no one could, no one could stop him. I understand. Nobody could stop him. Calling, I mean, his tape surrounding. is unreal. He had great surround. Oh, he's unreal. And you, you and I have a bit of a disagreement on. They schemed him up, and I think that would need to continue to happen. But I mean, who couldn't figure that out? All right. So Michael, when got people on sports radio just bring up just things that will never happen, it makes me really mad. But. And yeah, maybe he goes seventh and I look like an idiot. And I'm not saying that he will, but there is a small chance. Uh, here, here's the thing. He's not 6'4", 225. I mean, teams are still, that's going to weigh on them heavily. Yes, the tape is there. He's magnificent. But even more than that, Michael, he would be ideal, ideal for us because who he'd be playing on the along, alongside and who would be throwing him passes and we have that need. I mean, we absolutely need another receiver. And, Michael, it was a pipe dream that Javon Curse, after the year he had uh, at Florida, that he would make it to 16. And it was a pipe dream that Eddie George would, would make it to us. Um, we do have a bit of a history of uh, finding a home for these big-time stars that get overlooked. Uh, is there any chance we could see him in two-tone blue? I feel like that there are too many teams that are ahead of the Titans – that need a receiver or that could use a receiver. And if you got him sliding down the board enough, I just don't think that there's going to be the, uh, there's not going to be a way that they're just going to be able to pass it up. It's just going to be too good for them uh, to snatch him up and, and go ahead and get him. So I don't think at 22, he's going to be there given the needs on this team right now. I don't know if it's a good idea to, to, trade up and, yeah i don't and, like and the trade up, up thing except that we do have an extra third right landis point is we have that extra third i honestly think that you almost need because j-rob has been good at drafting in the oh, third yeah. round 
So third, fourth, it almost fifth. Be, yeah, I would yeah, hate to it, take, see that taken. You make a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be it would be good to just leave him there and use that pickup. And I I think that there will be a good quality best available player no, at twenty two no to pick. I just don't think it's going to be Devontae Smith. Well, I agree that it's not likely to. But guys, I would just say, in a couple of weeks when we're watching this and um, Miami passes on him at twelve, you know it's on. Because Landon's going to start giving us all the probabilities of what we'd have to give up to get what, who's in what, and then it, we're it look. It's on. Something crazy happens every year, and normally I wouldn't want to draft a guy you know that small. But I mean, the guy I've just watched. You watch Alabama State because they've got so many guys to watch, you know, to scout. And then he every time he's just. I mean, he dominates. Uh, he is unreal. So yeah, probably will be lost in history. But something crazy will happen, like you said. When you're drafting 19th, 20, 21st, 22nd, like, you know, when we the year we got Jeffrey Simmons, you just sort of wait for your guy to fall, whoever it is. And that's what we'll do. Maybe, maybe it'll be Devonta Smith. Who knows? Well, I think for me uh, with this draft is where is Kyle Pitska? Yeah. You know, I, I feel like he's that that type of athlete that is once a generation. And I will really be interested to see where he goes and how he's used because I feel like that he could be if you're using him as a tight end he could be Gronk he could be the new version of Gronk uh you could use him as a wide out and you know he would match up he'd be a matchup nightmare against uh a slot corner if you put him in a slot uh he he's the type of guy that I really would love to see Arthur Smith get in Atlanta I feel like if you put him in the Arthur Smith offense I think he would be deadly, and I think that that would really kickstart that offense. And whether it's Matt Ryan or if they decide to get a quarterback, another quarterback in like the second or third round or something right. like that, and kind of pair up with him, mm-hmm. I think that's the guy to watch out for in this draft. Michael, do you worry about the the overhyped tight end? Like of all the great tight ends in NFL history, very few of them were a top ten pick, and we've had a few top ten picks. As tight ends is not common, but it seems like except for Kellen Winslow two generations ago, none of those guys have really panned out. So do you do you worry about the overhyped tight end? Because I agree with you. Like other guys, like oh OJ Howard, OJ Howard wasn't that productive. Pitts seems to have it all, but I just wonder, is it just that we've overhyped some guys? I mean, uh, Pitts for me, boy, and just watching him at Florida, he was in an ideal offense for that, and he does seem like ready to go. Uh, if he doesn't pan out, and it does happen, he's a, he's a he's the can't miss guy in this draft. You're totally right. If it doesn't work out, though, it, I mean, does he have any weakness? Like, like if it doesn't work out, why why would it not work out? I, I think he would just be put in an offense where he's not used properly. I feel like, uh, and we see that every year that uh, where where a guy gets drafted to the wrong team, and he's not used well, and he kind of just either he putters out and is out of the league or he finds his way to another team and has a resurgence. But I feel like that most teams, when they see his stats, when they see his build, when they see everything about him, he is unique as a tight end because he could be essentially a receiver. Uh, He he can be that guy that, you know, he could split out on the end. You could put him in the slot. You can have him on the line, like wherever you want to, put him he can be there and he can run those routes and make those catches and be that x factor 
that you need in an offense, especially in this day and age. So I, I don't have really as much reservations with him as I do some of the receivers, because you've already mentioned with Devontae Smith yeah. and his size, with Jalen right. Waddell coming off the injury, with Jamar Chase because he sat out with the COVID year. You know, right. the, the receivers have a lot of questions. And no Pitts, I feel like, doesn't have those questions and can be that guy. Landon, are, are you as high on Pitts as Michael and everybody else is? Uh, Michael makes a great point that the only just prototypically slam dunk, no weakness receiver in this draft is – is Pitts. I would say I'm lower than the average for sure. I have Pitts as my sixth overall prospect, my third receiver, if you will, behind Chase and Devontae Smith. And I think six is around where he'll go. It's just a really weird draft for Pitts because you have at least you have three QBs going off the bat. You have an almost generational offensive tackle in Panay Sewell. You've got Jamar Chase, an elite receiver. So that's five players right there. All play more valuable positions. Four, the QBs plus Sewell are the two most valuable positions in football, period. And that's without even considering the fact that Atlanta could draft a hair parent to Matt Ryan, or they could trade back with Denver, New England, Chicago to draft another quarterback, and then that just pushes the slide down even. But the floor with Kyle Pitts is probably, I would say, seven to Detroit. I know they drafted Hawkinson two no, years I, ago. I think Miami eight. would pick him at six, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. I think – the lowest he goes is. I think that's the reason why Miami did that weird thing where they automatically draft back six, not even knowing who's going to be there because they feel they must say, well, Pitts or Chase, whatever. Um, that was a weird thing they did to just go ahead and <laughs> trade back up. But I think it's because there's no chance that they'll get Pitts at 12 when they at least have a good chance uh, with them at six. I think that pick was for Pitts because Michael's right. People are just salivating. And this re- receiver class is deep and good, but I don't think there's, I don't think there's, you know, like a just absolute no brainer except for him. Um, If you're not as high on him, you know, I'll ask you the same question I asked Michael, like why, uh, if he doesn't meet his potential, why? Well, when I say I'm not as high as him, one, it's relative to my big board. Jamar Chase, Penae Sewell to me are two generational talents. Trevor Lawrence, we already know everything about Trevor Lawrence. Devontae Smith, I... I can look past the size and then Trey Lance, which is the most, which is the biggest hot take for over Pitts, but I'm just in love with his physical traits. And I think you can just fix the mental issues, but it's not that Pitts is bad. It's just, I think those guys are better. And I do agree with you guys that I really don't see a way that Pitts can fail. Just unless the expectations are that he's discount Calvin Johnson, because I've seen the physical profile comparisons or that he's walking into the NFL as a, Hall of Fame tight end. I don't really see how he can fail. It's like with Devontae Smith. He's really good. He can do everything, even blocking for a guy who's the best receiving tight end prospect maybe ever. He's a solid blocker. He's not outstanding like Hawkinson or Kittle, but he gets the job done. He doesn't mess up. You can use him in line. He can play any position but halfback. So it's just, I even if you stuck him with the worst offensive mind in football, I don't see how you couldn't mess up with with Kyle Pitts. He's just that good. All right, that's all we've got for today. My favorite topic and my favorite time of the year, like I said. Uh, we couldn't do this without Landon every week. Thanks again. And Michael, thanks for jumping on with us. Guys, a uh, couple more weeks. We're going to be back with you as much as we can until then. And we're going to give you, you know, from here on out, hopefully mostly uh, Titans news and, uh, and draft stuff. But uh, just hang around with us. Follow us if you don't. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Tighten up. Tighten up.